You're listening to The B-Side, a podcast of Blessed Hope Community Church. Hey, this is Malia, and I am here with um, the usual suspects. Um, We've got Pastor Matt. Pastor David and Shauna with us today. Um, And today we're in for a treat. We actually have Matt here with us. He is a missionary overseas that our church supports. And so let's just get started. Matt, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your family? Yeah, happy to be here with you guys. We were uh, really, really enjoyed visiting with uh, the church Sunday and then again at the open house. So uh, yeah, my name's Matt. My wife, Amy, grew up here in the Vinton area. She grew up in Garrison. Um, and we have a two-year-old daughter named Ada. And yeah, our family's growing, but we have lived overseas in a uh, predominantly Muslim country for the last five years um, and have been part of a, a missionary effort there and uh, seeing a church established and doing evangelism in the city, specifically on the college campus, um, because in this country, like many closed countries, um, uh, sharing the gospel and evangelism is illegal until people turn the age mm. of 18. So it's a great um, opportunity mm. there. So that's a little bit about us. Um, so, so why? What's the rationale for that? That that uh, is it. So you're not influencing really influential kids, or is it because parents are supposed to be the primary driver of that? Like, what's the reasoning for being closed? Yeah, um, it's a little bit both in that way. So. Um, kids, so we've had uh, younger, we'll say 16 teenagers want to come to church. If they get their parents' written permission, they can come. And so it's, uh, there is a sense where they're kind of trying to defend uh, the traditional values associated with Islam and then allow parents, though, to be uh, kind of in charge of those kinds of decisions. So. so that's written permission given to you, the church, and then you guys, just, that's kind of like a protection for you? Exactly. Okay. If, if a church was found uh, with uh, underage students there um, and had, we'll say, m- motivated parents to take legal action, they could potentially close the church. Uh, hmm. Wow. So it kind of gives yeah. new new meaning to the permission slips, Sean. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Look a little bit before yeah. you take the kids to visit shut-ins, right? right. Wow. So. You know, yeah. I'm kind of curious, especially yeah. with our uh, current sermon series, just as I was listening yesterday and editing that, um, with getting out of our comfort zones. And so what was kind of the motivation behind uh, deciding to take this leap and going overseas and, and doing this? Because that, that's kind of a big deal. Yeah, I think that it's um, just like all of us, uh, we all are called um, to different things. And um, Amy and I are no more called or no less called than any other Christian to sure. uh, a certain ministry or going out of our comfort zone. Ours just looks a little bit unique, right? Um, and so really what it was was uh, being captivated by the idea of of this concept of unreached people groups, right? So the idea that there are um, a billion, in this case, um, speaking of Muslims, there are a billion unreached Muslims on earth. And so what what does that mean? That doesn't just mean they're lost and they don't know Jesus, right? There are plenty of people like that in Vinton. There are plenty of Muslims like that in America. But an unreached person has no church with sufficient resources to share the gospel in their community, right? That would be the difference between where I live in Vinton. Whereas 
here in Vinton, there is Blessed Hope Community Church and other gospel-believing churches who can share mm-hmm. the gospel mm-hmm. uh, and be in the community doing different kinds of ministries. That doesn't exist where I am. And that's why we were captivated by that um, and asked the Lord what it would mean for us to be part of bringing the gospel to the last and the least people on earth. So, Very cool. So, so explain what exactly is your role. Mm-hmm. So my exact role is... Uh, is what they call a missional team leader. I lead um, this, the team in our city of, it, it fluctuates, but probably around 10 people, um, including our moms and uh, everybody, uh, of doing strategic evangelism specifically with the on a college campus, as I mentioned earlier, for the strategic reasons. And so we are part of, our vision is to, bring the gospel to the campus to start a movement of Christian college students who will share their faith and minister and be part of the local church. And so uh, in many ways, our, our ministry is, is uh, trying to grow the church via young people and bring them in via a uh, more or less a, a college youth group type. Sure. So, so you have support there, then it's not just you and your wife Correct. doing it alone? Yes. Okay. Correct. Uh, our ministry believes in a team-based approach to ministry and church planning, which I think is a really healthy thing. You build off everyone's gifts, and that way you're not in a place that is very isolated and very lonely, right? You're still yeah. there with um, God's people, still ministering with them. Sure. sure. So, so what does a typical week look like for you? Yeah, a typical week. As Let us I'm, get into the mind of, of Matt. Yeah, I'm sure for you guys a typical week doesn't exist very uh, readily, but I don't know if I have a typical week either. Um, but if I were to say what my normal week looks, if I were, if the, as, you know, as the five times a year, five weeks a year, my normal week happens, this is what it looks like. So uh, what, what did they tell it. you it was going to yeah, be exactly. before you got there? That's right. Uh, so... Um, so Mondays, I uh, so I'm a part-time seminary, um, which I can talk about another time. So Mondays, I spend um, preparing for the week and um, working on seminary because most students are still sleeping. They uh, stay up very late, and I have somewhat like college students in America, they're not really ready to go on Mondays. <laughs> I and get so, that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I spend Mondays. You're not a college student. I know. I, I'm thinking of our. Uh... Former youth pastor. (laughs) That's no joke. (laughs) And and so we, uh, so Tuesdays, our team all meets together for, uh, I don't know, team meeting, staff meeting kind of thing. And we we plot out the rest of the week. Um, And from there, it's kind of go, go, go. That evening, we meet for our English club, which is we founded the first English club for uh, with native speakers in this city. Um, we have about 40 students who attend, and then that night I stay out with students as late as they'll stay out, and as long as I can keep my eyes open. Wow, good for you. And uh, <laughs> it's, it's great because every week I get to share the gospel with new people. So it's totally worth that investment till 1 a.m. Tuesday night. So, um, so then Wednesday and Thursday we spend time uh, following up right with relationships we already have, and if we don't, we go to sure. campus. Um, I do some training with other staff. And one of those days, and we've been trying to figure out which day is right, we've been starting to do this uh, this w- group meeting um, for the 
for youth, for the church. And so maybe Saturday night, maybe Thursday night, we've moved it around trying to figure out when best to do it. And so we'll do that for another evening a week. Um, and of course, then there is church. And depending on what we're doing with the church that week, our, yeah, if we're serving in a certain way, we'll prepare for that as well. But otherwise, we are at church. Our church services are about two and a half hours long on a Sunday. Wow. Uh, they start bright and, and nobody early. nobody can give you guys crap now. That's right. <laughs> our services start bright and early at 2 p.m. But, uh, but wait a minute, time out. Like, how do people get to Pizza Ranch on time if your service goes two and a half hours? They come, they're coming to church after Pizza Ranch. Yeah. Oh, okay, so it's like, it's I know. I was like, afternoon. do you have like a countdown? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... They, like I said, they have a very late night culture. So 2 p.m., you know, people, sometimes they do, uh, once a month, uh, our church does breakfast before the service. And so. Wow. Uh, before so your you 2 p.m. service. Before our 2 p.m. Like breakfast. perpetual we call college that students. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like dream. Well, and it, and it makes sense if it's always hot, right? You'd rather stay yeah, out at, yeah. in the dark. That's and true. Especially during Ramadan, which you may know is the, the month of fasting in the Muslim calendar, which just ended, right? Where you're not allowed to eat or drink, or smoke, or you're supposed to not even swallow your spit during daylight hours. What? And so people... Uh, oh, who has That's the job weird. of tracking that? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I haven't seen you spit for a while. Work? What are you doing? I don't know. Sorry, yeah, anyway, wow. go ahead. So yeah, so anyways, right? So, so My you, mind is blown right now, You start now, eating and drinking at, at sundown, and then you go to bed, and there's a guy who walks through the city at about 3 a.m. before, an hour before first light, Bong, 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 to wake everyone up to quick eat, drink, and go back to bed and sleep as late as you can. Yeah, because then fast it's for as not short so a time hard. As you can. Yep. So, so <laughs> I'm oh. assuming, and, and we, you know what, though, we've got that kind of That's thing insane. here in this culture. That is, how religious is that, right? Mm. Like, like, not not the the act of fasting, but like hurry up and hurry and, up. and put as much food in your <laughs> yeah. body as yeah, you can, right? Right before the sun comes up, so you can fast Three as little as possible. It's but a, yeah, it's Mardi Gras every morning. It's <laughs> but but we do the same thing I, in in different ways. Yeah, just sure. Trusting all that religious stuff, but yeah, that's problematic. So yeah. do you? So so as as a guy who who obviously doesn't practice, mm-hmm. um, you know Ramadan, and, and and you're not a, a part of that. But do you feel comfortable or out of respect do you do you try not to eat publicly or to swallow your spit or whatever it is <laughs> well, um, you're not out like, but, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. like the cookie monster while they're all <laughs> for sure in certain so it depends right so they so even people who don't fast which again this the country is kind of split in okay. uh, how practicing sure. they are those people don't eat super publicly um and so i generally try and do that and i know depending on what friend i'm with if we need, if we should try and do something where I can just order one tea and we can sit somewhere, or you know these kinds of things, you just got to be aware of who you're with. And I am, I'm more comfortable. Some people are more sensitive. Some people are less sensitive. Maybe I'm a little less sensitive because I'm already a big white guy, so I stick out everywhere. <laughs> and they don't assume I'm fasting, so there's no shock <laughs> if they see me sitting in a cafe drinking coffee or that's something. That's, so. that's too funny. Uh, so, so you and your family are back right now. Um, how long are you back for? How often do you come home? Mm-hmm. So we um, we come home. We're here for about three months. Nice. Um, generally, we come back every two years. But our daughter uh, has pretty significant uh, health issues uh, with allergies, and so we've been coming um. back every year for her to see a, a specialist. Sure. Um, and so, praise the Lord, we've been able to do that. And 
Um, those things have only gotten better, right, as she gets more aware of what she can and can't eat. And, mm-hmm. you know, so we're praying she'll grow out of those things and the mm-hmm. Lord will heal her completely. But um, normally we come back for a more extended visiting with folks every two years. Sure, sure. So medical stuff aside, what is your favorite thing um, about being back when you, when you get to come back? Yeah, what I, uh, it's a great question. I think for, I think obviously being with family is huge. Just getting uh, our daughter now being with her grandparents is great. Sure. And it gives us a break. Um, I think that having joined uh, Christian worship in my own language twice in the last two weeks has been pretty, uh, mm-hmm. just yeah. pretty impactful on me. On a less serious note, I really like gas station food. I like getting, uh, <laughs> I like filling up a styrofoam so cup funny. of Diet Dr. Pepper yeah. and awesome. buying whatever Casey's sure. or Quick Trip has in its little heating ring. And, yeah. Uh, I, just those kinds of uh, right. bacon. I would yeah. Yeah. Oh, of course. Oh, he, he was eyeing my yeah. bacon breakfast pizza. That's true. That's say, you're, you're, you're in a, a Muslim majority country. Right. Bacon's I'm, not an easy thing to get. I might need to stop on my uh, on my way home at the Casey's. Uh, to get some <laughs> so, family aside, because that's kind of like the given answer. Um, what is it that you miss the most when you are gone? Hmm. Um, from America or from? From America. From America. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I just miss. I mean, besides bacon and your, yeah. your diet, what, Dr. Pepper, is that what you said? Yeah, I think <laughs> I miss, I think I miss mature Christian fellowship and friends. Sure, yeah. For, especially for my daughter. Right. Uh, just the, she's growing up in such a different, Yeah. right, I, I can't, I can't understand how, I, I don't know what that's like because I grew up right. in the opposite right. thing, right? I grew up in a good church and an evangelical Christian community. Um, but right. I'm confident God will work in her life because we want her to obey, obey Jesus no matter what. And that's what we're doing, right? That's what we want mm-hmm. her to learn. And mm-hmm. so we can be confident he can work in her life in anywhere that way. Sure. So. Well, what's the, what's the thing you miss most when you're here? I miss the, uh, the, the pacing of, of, their, their pacing is slower, but it's more relational. I miss those mm-hmm. kinds of things. I miss, I miss their foods. I miss from there. I miss the, the normal places I go, and I, I do miss the, uh, the, the, the new believers I know and the Muslims that I get to talk to every day. I, there mm-hmm. are people there that I miss. Sure. And yeah, so, those are strong yeah. relationships mm-hmm. I'm there sure you're some, building there. And, of course, I miss being in just my own space, right? There, right. That's where my... Mm-hmm. Yeah. that's where my stuff really is is mm-hmm. is there so because when you're here you're staying either probably with the in-laws or with your yeah you, parents yeah, yeah? yep okay. that's what we do and which is always fun times it is fun times <laughs> especially for our daughter who's on basically a three-month sugar high vacation awesome. that's, so, that's awesome um, <laughs> every, every present they've been wanting to give her for two years <laughs> is all coming out every day that's too funny um so if there's someone listening that this is something that God has maybe been kind of laying on their heart, um, what advice would you give them? Hmm. Yeah. Um, if you, right, if there's, there's a, a few things, right? I'll say for missions in general, the first thing is you will not do overseas what you don't do in your own backyard, right? When you yeah. move to mm-hmm. uh, an unreached country, when you move, when you go on that mission trip, when you do those things, if you're not, if you're not 
and you're going there to do evangelism, you're doing there to support a church. If you're not doing that here, there's nothing that getting on a plane and landing somewhere far away makes you do, right? In, in fact, it's probably only harder. Um, the, the, the other part of the calling of us was as the Lord captivated my heart in college, sharing the gospel with guys on my floor, mm-hmm. being part of a church, and doing these things, and then realizing there were places in the world where it wasn't happening, right? And my wife had a similar story. So, so that would be the first thing is, what are, you, what are you doing in your own church? What right. are you doing in your own community? And right. then the second thing is, I think there's a big revolution about to happen in world missions again. Um, because the, the, the places where missions still need to happen, it's not the jungle anymore. Now, this isn't to say that, that there aren't still tribes in need of pastors, in need of Christian leaders. But the, the unreached world is urban. The unreached world is in Pakistan, the Muslim world, India, parts of China. Right? These are countries that are urban. And they're very, most of them are very closed off to any uh, missionary presence. In fact, the place I am, right? And so many missionaries take on another job when they get there. But what I think you should do is if you're young, we'll say, and you're looking at skills, is become that engineer, become that doctor, become mm-hmm. great at things, and then offer to do that job in one of sure. these countries. Sure. Because probably, praise God, there is a small local church or there is a missions team you can associate with, mm-hmm. but they will welcome you in, they will trust you, you will be able to tell them this. You know, I work for whatever. I work for this software company. But I wanted to come here because there weren't Christians to tell people about Jesus. They will, at least in the Muslim world, they will generally accept that because you're giving something that actually serves their community that they need. And you'll have an opportunity immediately with everyone to talk about Jesus if God's working in that person's life. So, I think that that's just such a critical thing. I mean, that, an interesting shift, right? Because... It's not what you typically think of, right? right? You think, well, you, you know, you go and you go to to missionary training, and they send you, and and you raise support. And you, I mean, not only that, but that's self sustaining. You you're there. You you don't have to ask people for money. You don't have to, you know, yeah. to, to be dependent on other yeah. people. Yeah. You you yeah. probably are making more than than you would if you were doing that job here because you're somewhere else. And it's it's certainly right. It's a both and. But it, this is, I think, is is a part of. Of, of the shift and it's it's not even that it's that's what you need to get in it's that's what you need to actually minister there it's um y- there is plenty of money in the church to send missionaries but mm-hmm. there there's a need for these kinds of folks and and maybe you do need some kind of training but again as i've learned in america online there is a wealth of resources that you can get sure. the training with right mm-hmm. If you were going to do this right, I you know there's a great ministry called Third Millennium Ministries, and he this guy he taught at a uh, Richard Pratt Jr. He taught at a, a seminary for years, and had this realization: Wow, the rest of the world needs these resources. I don't need to sit here in an air conditioned class and teach Americans. And so he started this ministry with its mindset being: uh, every pastor, uh, every Christian deserves a trained pastor. And what he does, if you go to their website, you can click on Seminary in a Box. And it's just got 20 classes on the, the basics of Christian doctrine and how to minister mm-hmm. in any country. Just watch through that, right? And you can, do that on, you can do that anywhere in the world in multiple languages, and you will have the basis you need to 
be a humongous blessing to a church in most of the world. So, What's kind of cool about this shift, just as a thought as you were talking, is that the shift that's happening is going to challenge the church here. And how many times do we as pastors get up and we try to get the congregations to understand that we are missionaries in our own context? But there's been such a disconnect for so many years where, no, the missionary is the one that packs up and gets trained and goes overseas. But based on what you just said, this new shift of like, no, the missionary is the one that comes over as a software engineer, has a job, lives, and then impacts their context of what they're living in. So this is a great thing for us American churches to start jumping on board with to say, hey, this is what missionaries look like, you know, and, and you are one, whether you go to another yeah. country or not. And you this go to, is kind of our training ground, really. Yeah, like yeah. If you can pull that off here, I'm not sure it's going to happen yeah, yeah. in another country. So it's, in many ways, it's the church now can start, and, and I don't mean this in it, like it was taken from us, but we can start taking back the term, you're a missionary. You go work at Rockwell. You're a missionary in Rockwell. Sure, yeah. You're a missionary in you know whatever context God puts you into. So it's mm-hmm. a great shift that now the church should really jump on board to reclaim that word for all of us I- instead of saying it. Does it just mean go to the other That's country? Right. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's the, the church grew in Acts. Now there is right there is a place for vocational, full-time, right, ministry of word and prayer. The church grew in Acts and has grown all over the world. Because every Christian has decided to put every part of their life under the lordship of Jesus Christ and declare he's Lord wherever they are. And, if, and, and to that degree, yes, that's, that's totally what we need in American churches, in churches all over the world. So, Yeah, I like what you say, too, that, that you know, the idea that if you can't do it here— you know, there's no magic in, yeah. in yeah. becoming an, uh, a missionary that all of a right. sudden, oh, you're going to be able to become. Plus, you have the language barrier. Doing this. And, yeah, it's, uh-huh. um, but I think that's the mindset of a lot of people, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, well, if I, you know, if I was, then I'd be able to do that stuff. But right. know, it's just a matter of start small, mm-hmm. do what God puts in front of you, and then who knows what, what he, he won't ask you to do from right. there. Right. So, so Matt, how can we as a church be praying for you and your family? Yeah, please. Um, of course, uh, you can be in prayer for um, us, just for our health, for um, our team's health, uh, as that's been a, a, an issue uh, just causing problems over the last year. Um, you can be in prayer, yeah, for our church uh, to become an independent and locally led church, which is our which is our hope and our prayer being there. And you can pray for um, the relationships we have uh, over this summer when it's kind of more follow, right? Students aren't around and um, we're here, that those relationships will be, will be ready for God to be working and will, they'll be ready for us when we come back, for both the believers that they'll have remained in the church and the unbelievers will, will be ready to reengage uh, fully with, with God and his word. And so we support you guys as a, as a church congregation here, but say there's someone in our church family or someone listening that wants to go a step further, how can um, they be part of your support team? Yeah, I think um, we, we send out a monthly newsletter, um, and you can receive that uh, by email or paper mail if you prefer. I know that uh, Blessed Hope sends it out um, to its members uh, as well, which is great. My contact information is on there. My email is on there. But if you would like to hear more from me, if you would like to talk to us, if you'd like to hear more about our organization Mm -hmm. or the kinds of things we're doing, 
uh, you can contact the church or uh, find uh, my contact information on, yep, on the can, letters they we send can get out. That yeah, to them. yeah yep. and we'll be happy to share that. So, so absolutely. Um, how long are you going to be, and I know the summer you're in and out with vacations and seminary and things, but if somebody that was listening uh, most likely lives around here yep. um, <laughs> was, was saying, hey, I, you know what, I, I'd really love to, to chat with Matt and Amy about joining their support team. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there an opportunity for them to take you out for a cup of coffee or, or have you over for dinner and sit down with you? Yep, Absolutely. Here in Vinton, you can find me many days at the coffee house. Uh, nice. I'm there if you, if you just want to stop in. But we will be in the Vinton area specifically most of the month of August. Okay. And so okay. we would love to talk to you, um, and we'd love to meet with you um, and just in, tell you how you can pray for us, tell you how you can support us financially, even as we go through an adoption process, uh, tell you about... Mm-hmm. Uh, just connect you to that part of the world in general. I, I'm convinced the church. There are people in the church who want to understand it, and I love I love talking to people about it. Yeah, so. yeah absolutely. Yeah. Anybody else have any dying questions they want to ask? No? You know, it might be fun. Um, this is just now me just talking. We haven't <laughs> talked about this, but it might be fun um, to a degree for for you and your wife, or, or you know, just you to to come and visit with some of the junior high kids, oh, I mean, and, oh, and high yeah. school kids, yeah. just just briefly. I mean, it doesn't have sure. to be a, the, the open house that you kind of went through um, with the adults, but I just, I, I think there's some of those kids are so on fire. Mm-hmm. You know, Shauna, you and, and, and your leaders and, and Vince before have done a good job of getting those kids to be just evangelistically minded. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They take that seriously. Do, yeah. And so I think they might really appreciate hearing from someone sure. um, new mm-hmm. um, that, that, is doing that and Mm -hmm. and, uh, Mm -hmm. that might be a fun especially from Amy who grew up right here in the area and now Mm -hmm. has yep you know gone to all far-flung places with the gospel Mm -hmm. yeah I think they forget that the world's bigger than just yeah you know Vinton and Cedar Rapids man I I (laughs) forget that sometimes (laughs) I mean how how could they not they haven't experienced anything else exactly it's like man um well, I would encourage anybody to come if they one-on-one or they come someplace where you're talking because I would just say this. I remember the first times we talked clear back before you guys went, and I'll just be blunt about it. I've grown up in the church. I've heard a lot of missionaries, and, you know, I'll be honest, a lot of missionaries will just put you to sleep. I don't mean that negatively, but it's just kind of like, Missionaries you know, tend to be weird. Um, yeah, just, <laughs> That's it's a pretty true dry. That's right? And, and, um, and so, I mean, we're all a little bit weird. Misfit toys. But, so, but, then, but, but but Matt and Amy are relatable. They're weird, well, but they're and, relatable. And the reason I would the reason I would say that going back to the, the initial conversations of when you were originally getting that support and going is one of the things that's different. And this is why I would encourage, especially with the youth or anybody to encourage to talk to you guys, is here's the deal. I've heard missionaries talk about other countries and they've never made me want to go to that country. You know, but after you guys talk, it's like, man, I kinda wanna go see because yeah. you didn't talk about statistics, you didn't talk about you you you, you talked about the people. You know, you talked about, the, and one of the reasons I think it's so important is because, let's just be blunt about this also, a lot of people just have negative attitudes towards Muslims. And, yeah. and the way you would speak of it, you, you, I remember times the way kind of you would talk about it, you're almost, you weren't bad mouth in America, but you were like, man, it's really cool over there because this is how they yeah. act. Mm-hmm. And it kind of blows your mind a little bit like, well, wait, wait a minute, we're supposed yeah. to not like that culture. But I, I, we're I not think supposed that's to, because it's rooted in fear. A lot of it, but it's know. mainly just misunderstanding yeah. if you've never been there and you never experienced it. So that's one of the things I would just encourage people to come and talk to you guys or, or hear what you have to say because, again, it, it, it opens kind of the... the behind the curtain mm-hmm. of like, hey, this is some, some amazing culture and people. So yeah. I think that it's totally true. There's a, 
there are a lot of misconceptions about Muslims, right? You know, I've been asked to talk, you know, about Muslims in general. And how do, how do I share the gospel with a Muslim, right? It's a question I get. And it's a really good question. Well, well, Muslim isn't a special class of people. They're people, right? Yeah. They're, mm-hmm. they're different. They have different yeah. hopes and dreams. And, and just like if, if I said, how do you share the gospel with someone in Vinton? Well, how do you sh- Well, yeah. I don't know. Who are they, right? What's their right. background? What, you know, you could ask all, these, all kinds of people what they believe, and it's going to be totally different even if they grew mm-hmm. up in the church. And mm-hmm. it's the same there. And I think as a, as a kid who grew up listening to missionaries who put me to sleep, right, you never – no one wanted to bring the visitor on the Sunday a missionary was going to be there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah, like, you don't oh. want to see this. But, uh, but people connect really well with stories. Yeah. And people, sure. and they're, because our God is the God of the nations, and all humans are made in his image, there are u- universal things we can talk about and ways to yeah. connect to, the, to it. Awesome. Well, and I, I think bottom line, um, we just need to remember that regardless of the background, there are people that are made in the image of God, and I I think relationally is kind of where those things start, so uh, thank you so much for being here and for taking the time out of your schedule. I know you're probably super busy. Everybody wants to see you guys, Um, so thanks for being here, and thanks for listening. Blessings.